You're listening to Let's Be Real. Welcome everyone to Let's Be Real. We have an amazing show for you tonight and there's a lot of talk about mental health, especially with our youth and with our women. So we have an amazing woman, Lakeisha. Just want to make sure I get it right, you guys. So it's Lakeisha Conyers and we want to welcome you to Let's Be Real this evening. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. So glad to be here on this evening. Thank you for joining. And we're going to jump right in. As our listeners know, you know, we'd like to give you information that you can use or share. And the reason why Ms. Conyers is on the show tonight is because she has not only information, but she has experience that she can share with us that will not only help either yourself or a young uh, woman in your life, but it could also help that young person, that either the family member or someone you come in contact with in the community. And Lord knows it's needed. <laughs> so yes, it is. <laughs> so we're gonna start just by giving the listeners a little background on you. So just tell us a little about your little bit about yourself and your organization or company. Okay. So thank you so much. Uh, my name is again Lakeisha Conyers. I grew up in uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. Originally, I'm born in Greenville, South Carolina, and um, my family migrated here back in 1977, I want to say. I was about two years old, so I don't have much of the Southern life, <laughs> but um, people get amazed when they see my birth certificate and how small it is because of me being born there. Um, a little bit about me as far as my educational background. I have a bachelor's degree in psychology not to mention the uh, associate's degree in business with a focus on human resource management. And I recently completed my master's degree in clinical mental health slash counseling. And I am preparing to sit for my national counseling exam that would allow me to be certified, a certified counselor to um, formally see clients. I received several certificates. I don't remember them off the top of my head, but, um, one of them, a couple of them is informed trauma care, mm. uh, suicide prevention. Um, those are two I can't remember. I got it in my phone, but I can't remember the top of my head. No, that, that is awesome. And a little bit about you have an organization? Yes, I have an organization. It's called Lakeisha Fro Wellness because my fro is my signature. <laughs> um, under that umbrella, I like to serve women in terms of teaching more about wellness and how important it is and to raise an awareness about the mind body spirit connection and also i work as a youth consultant to bring mental health awareness to them as well okay so that's awesome. what this is about well i'm just going to deviate for a moment because i think it's so important you just mentioned fro wellness and, and you alluded to your fro <laughs> yes um, was that a struggle for you or did it come easy to walk in your naturalness? Because, you know, there are a lot of women who do not feel comfortable doing it. Um, you know, they will straighten it, lengthen it. Some do it just because they like different styles, but some because, you know, whether it's corporate America or whatever, they don't feel comfortable, you know, with the natural hair. So was that an easy thing for you to stand and 
you know, your, your naturalness or in your beauty? That's a very, very good question. Um, so for me, I've worked in banking for more than 10 years. And during my time in banking, I would say to answer the question, it was a struggle, but the transition was like something I didn't really think about. It just happened. So I can remember during my times of working in corporate America and banking, um, I spent a lot of time forcing myself to look a certain way, straight hair and with um, the small stud earrings and, you know, even with my body shape, just not being comfortable because I'm more of a pear-shaped woman. And a lot of people don't see that as acceptable. Um, I found myself just having lower self-esteem mm. because I didn't look like right. my parts. But then one day I would say, when I started going into higher education, there were educated women of color, black women okay. that showed up on campus you know, with their Afros and you're talking about women who were doctors and professors wow. and they walked in that. So when I saw them, it allowed me to be more comfortable with walking into my naturalness. So representation truly matters. Um, so it's great because now you can then help the youth that you work with as well as, you know, other women see that it's okay in a professional realm. And yes. even starting your own business and whatever you want, that, that is not something that will stop them. So I applaud you. <laughs> <laughs> so now, what is your take on the current climate um, of people seeking therapy? Like, do you think it's becoming too much of a fad or it's just where it should be? I would say fad, no. Trending, yes. Okay. Um, I would say people are getting more comfortable talking about the issues that they are facing as it relates to mental health. Mm -hmm. You got celebrities that are coming out more. You have athletes that are coming out more. And so what I would say that it's becoming more of a trend, like this is a right. hot topic right now, but a fad, when you think of a fad, that's something that comes and goes. Mm -hmm. And for right now, I like to say that mental health is here to stay. Um, I foresee that there's going to be more people coming out and being more transparent and honest about the feelings that they're having and not being ashamed of it. Okay. How would you promote it in the black community? Because it's not something, I mean, we let go to church, pray about it. You know? <laughs> That's for the other people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so how would you get us to see that it's it's normal to, to not only have the feelings, but talk about them. I would say first, we got to normalize it. And we normalize it by not showing the community that we got it all together. Me personally, I like to be transparent because as a practicing upcoming therapist, mm -hmm. I realized that my clients are more comfortable with me when I'm able to share transparent moments. Another way would be to, um, raise the awareness with it. Don't, mm -hmm. for me, I have to learn that I can't do everything pro bono. That- um, say, say it a little louder. <laughs> can't do everything pro bono. <laughs> you know, I have, I struggle with that because I want people to get the help that we need, especially those who look like us, you know, and to let people know that it's okay to get that help. It's okay to, to have Jesus and a therapist. Exactly. It's okay, you know, to not be okay. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with because 
as a black woman, I grew up in the house with my grandmother who, as I said, was from Greenville, South Carolina. And in her mind, there was a lot of struggles, but mm-hmm. her, her, her approach was take a licking and keep on ticking. You keep on going. Mm-hmm. You know, what happens in this house stays in this house. Meanwhile, we're hurting. Mm-hmm. We're hurting and self-sabotaging because we don't have an outlet. So the whole goal is to let the community know, you know, by raising awareness as much as we can, is to let them know it's okay to not be okay. Now, let me let me play devil's advocate for a moment. Yes. You mentioned your grandmother and the mentality of that generation was you just do what you got to do because who, who's going to do it? You right. Know, roll up your sleeves, get dirty, let's make it happen. And then it just seems like generations after that wanted to talk about everything. Mm-hmm. How, how do you let that previous generation know that if that's what's okay for them, it's okay, but those who came after them need more so that there's a respect on both sides. So one doesn't get on the other about you should see therapy and grandma's like, uh, no, you just go do what you got to do. You're weak, you know, because they say a little, a little bit much, <laughs> but in their mind, And I know for me, my daughter and I had had this conversation. I've had to handle so much that when she wants to express everything, I'm kind of like, just do it, (laughs) just do it. So how do you bridge those two? The one that's just so used to just doing and then the one that needs to talk about it so that they respect each other. So I think a good way to bridge the gap is for parents who have been brought up in that old school um regime old school mentality uh, our new school can have those conversations those uncomfortable conversations with the parents and begin to say mom dad grandma when you say or do this this is how you make me feel mm-hmm. and so i think we can start there by just not silencing our children but giving them the opportunity to express themselves with respect but allowing them to have a voice. It's uncomfortable as parents because growing up, we was like, you've been disrespectful. You know, if you talk back or if you voice your opinion, if you say how you feel, that was considered a form of disrespect. But I think that for me, me growing up in that type of environment, it did not work for me because I struggled as a grown woman being able to say what I want and articulate my feelings and being able to... Um, advocate and stand up for myself and be assertive because of someone saying you don't speak and got it. Children are seen and not heard. Oh, pray for me. (laughs) (laughs) I think I I lean towards the other side of uh, just go do it. Yes. Put me on the altar. (laughs) I got you. (laughs) So we have a high number of young people. particularly in the Black community, but but it's young across the board, Black, white, no matter who you are, committing suicide and really struggling with their identity. What do you think we can do to help them? One of the things we can do is make time for mm-hmm. our children. Mm-hmm. Parents are working more. Um, we're at home less. Mm-hmm. Uh, children, adolescents are left to fend for themselves. And Meanwhile, they're getting a lot of outside influences that is very impressionable. So what I would say is if you have your child, your child is living with you, especially to pay attention to them, Mm 
um, pay attention to things that they do, behavior that's outside of what they would normally do. Uh, for example, when a child or adolescent is um, contemplating suicide, based on my study and my observation is that that child becomes more irritable. Mm. They become more isolated, more, right. wanted to spend more time to, them, to themselves. Their behavior start changing. And if, you're, if the child is actually um, indulging in any type of drugs or marijuana or pills, that's, that's huge in our community with this whole yes. epidemic going on right now with um, the Percocets and all type of uh, mixed drinks with pills, mm. there's a lot going on. So I think those are the main three things to look out for. But I think having that uncomfortable conversation about suicide with your child, whether it's preventative or whether it's a reactive approach, right. but I think that it would be worth the conversation. Wow. So what would be an ideal program for, let's say high school, to help those students be, become the adults that they're going you know, transitioning from that adolescent to the adult to get ready to go out, whether it's post-secondary or into the workforce, what would be a good program to help them with mental illness? Or just healthy I, thinking. Yeah, that's that's a really good question because I actually was talking to a couple of um, uh, local officials about that um, to begin to start thinking of this as something that should be added to the curriculum. Okay. Um, I know for me, because I work in higher education, we have a class that's called orientation to college. And so this class must be taken within their first freshman year, the, the first year to acclimate them to college and what to expect. So based on my observation and my opinion, I think that the, the school administrators, the um, all of them teachers, all of them need to rally up together and begin to create curriculum surrounding mental health. And let's not treat this like a luxury. Let's put this on the students' schedules and let them know how important it is to maintain mental health. So add it as a, not an elective, but add it as a required course. A required course. Yes, let's create some curriculum around that. Oh, that sounds good. And do you see dealing with young people that they're, um, what's the word I'm looking for? They just have a short fuse. Like, with my generation, it was, you know, you may get jumped, but I'm going to go to school. I may have a black eye, whatever, but, you know, you're going to go to school. Everybody's going to laugh, whatever. You, you live the fight of the day or just you squash it. Now it seems that the slightest thing takes us from zero to 100 and I have to shoot you and I have to do like physical harm. Um, what do you see? Like, do you hear conversation from them of, why everyone is just so on edge and everything just goes straight to severe violence. Wow, that's, um, that's very touching to hear that. Um, it, it makes me sad when I think about the violence in our community with our young people. One thing I, can, I noticed with working at um, Youth Corp, I worked amongst young people for a year, I worked closely with them for a year. And to be honest with you, there is no particular reason. But what I can say is that students are leaving their homes in all different type of negative predicaments, such as some of them don't have homes. Wow. They deal with rejection from parents, from teachers telling them they're not gonna be anything. You know, students not having food to eat, 
uh, students come into class with um, ankle bracelets on. Wow. You know, it's so much that goes on in a young person's mind and in their life. Do they feel that if I don't have nothing to live for, oh well. Yeah. You know, and, and the sad, the most sad part about it is that when I look at this generation, they don't have a fear of dying. Yes, that is like amazes me. Yes. It amazes me. And the respect, I don't think they understand what respect is. Like their respect is if you do anything I don't like, I'm going straight to I gotta get you, right? Because exactly. you disrespected me. It's kind of like, and I like you said, I think it's that lack of reverence even for life. Yes. And then too, the parents, you know, are getting younger. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm no disrespect to younger parents because I right. was a young parent. You know, but for me, the difference for me is that I had that grandmother that came right. up from the yeah, South. We, we, we're losing the grandmas. <laughs> yes. Shout out to the grandmas, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, we definitely are. Old school grandmas. Exactly. That will tell you yeah. how to be, what's going to be. And, right. <laughs> and you listen. Like now this generation would probably cuss grandma out, unfortunately. Listen, be partying with grandma, okay? That too. <laughs> Grandma, what's up? Let's go out. Exactly. Um, yeah, you go yeah. to the club, grandma. You know, so that's the generation that we're living in. And the thing is, the thing is, secondly, is that we got to heal homes. Mm, you know, yes. we have to heal. Mothers need to heal in order to produce healthy children. Yes. You know, I'm glad you went there because my next question was going to be switching to the women. Um, we as women no matter your race, color, creed, you are the backbone of the community. And if you don't have it together, what happens to everything your hand has access to? So go there where you were going, go there. And how do we grab these women and help them feel good about themselves, help them learn how to deal with their own traumas or just experiences that they don't know how to manipulate the consequences. How, how do we reach them? So we will reach them in a way where that may be non-conventional. Um, that would take, it's going to take time because we got to strip the stigma of mental illness for one. Mm-hmm. We got to strip, we can unlearn some things that big mama taught, taught us back in the day. We got to begin to become vulnerable and not wear this strong, black woman badge, mm-hmm. you know, yes. and think that it's going to take us somewhere. You know, meanwhile, we're hurting on the inside. Mm-hmm. We got to begin to be get vulnerable. And we have to have people that's willing to pull up their sleeves, pull up their bootstraps and get down and dirty with these women mm-hmm. and be willing to show compassion and care that I care about what you're going through, sis. I see you, you right. know, and it's going to take work on both parts because it's going to take vulnerability and it's going to take compassion to care. So I think if we could bring those two forces together, the women can begin to heal. And when you heal past childhood traumas, you know, that can do wonders in the families of children, you know, the children, our community, things will begin to change. So now staying with the women, a lot of times you can't go backwards. Right. You can't go backwards. How do we teach people? And I guess it could work for the young adults too. How do we teach them that at some point you got to look at where you are right now and just learn the tools to move forward? Wow. That was a question, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Always got to throw a twist in there. (laughs) 
Oh, wow. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's going to take us starting where we are. You know, like you said, we can't undo what's been done. But what we can do is move forward and begin to unlearn some of the things that we learned and be open to it. You know, you brought up a very great point when you said um, it's hard with your children, you know, to try to let them have that space to do that. That's one thing we have to unlearn. We have to be okay with our children having a voice because it's hard for me, mm-hmm. you know, to have my children come to me and say certain things like, I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to do that. I'm grown. I'm an adult, you know, and when you look at it, it's true. It is, you know, so I think yeah. at some point, the things that we can't change, we got to begin to accept, you know, accept it, stand in it but have a willingness to move forward. We gotta, in order yes. to move forward, we gotta let go of what was. Yes, and that is key. And I'm so glad you said that. I think most people are stuck. Yes. want to keep revisiting the pain, thinking at some point they're gonna find some kind of solution or resolution within themselves. And sometimes, no, you're not gonna get the apology. You're not gonna understand the why. Yes. You have to just, like you said, accept it happened. Yes. It sucked, you know, but in order for me to move forward, I have to just let it go. Yes. I have to then start to prepare. And like you said, learn some tools on how to do better and be better for myself. It's not even about the person or the people from the past. It's how do I move forward for myself and for my family? If you have one. Yes. Um, Beginning to retrain your thoughts too is a good idea. That. You know, what does the word that. say? Renew you your thoughts daily. He knew something. Yes. He knew exactly. it. <laughs> he knew we would be messed up in the mind and we had to right. get it every day. Right. <laughs> and uh, counseling, that's called cognitive behavioral therapy. So when a person, you know, use that, when a counselor used that theory, mm-hmm. we are basically trying to alter the thoughts of the person. If you constantly was a person that thought about, think about the past, we try to restructure those thoughts with the present. You know, catch yourself every time you think about it. Catch yourself. You know, even if you got to put a rubber band around your wrist and snap yourself every time exactly. it happens. Exactly. So that's a good tool to use. I love it. I love it. Um, you've given some really meaty things for people to grab hold to, to even think about if they have kids. Are they acting different? Are they being standoffish? Um, it's stuff that families can now take. And like you said, conversations that normally we don't want to have. Now they have some tools that they can go and then um, start the conversation. Now tell them how to reach you. If you're available for, you know, women um, outside of your, you know, W-2. Yes. Know how we can reach you, um, you know, and, and who you, who do you handle? Like who would be your clientele? Give, give us some of that information so that we can bless you too, as you bless us. Yeah, so basically my contact information is social media based. Um, I'm in the midst of wanting to create a website. I know that's going to take some time, but for right now, I am available on Facebook and I do have a business page called Lakeisha Fro Wellness and I can be reached that way. And I'm also, I'm also on Instagram under the same name, Lakeisha Fro Wellness. So I have two business pages. And what's your target customer base? My target market is women between the ages of, oof, starting at 18. Okay. No, no, in, no. no. <laughs> Just starting <laughs> at 18. 
But as far as the young people, mm -hmm. uh, my young adults, my target with them is between the ages of 16 and 25. Okay. Well, everyone, you've gotten information. Go visit For Wellness, Lakeisha, For Wellness, on yes. Facebook, Instagram. Um, let's get the information so that we can become whole as a community and as an individual. But remember, she said, don't come to her want no handout. You got to come. If you want to be healed, you have to understand that there's a price to that. You are worth the cost to heal yourself and your family. Yes. So don't, don't, even family, side note, don't be trying to be like, cuz you know, no. Don't call her in the middle of the night trying to get some free advice. She paid for her degrees and she got to pay your, those loans. So, okay, we're going to do it right. So, All right. Thank you for joining us. You're on this. Welcome. Thank you everybody for listening. Be sure, you know, put comments, put likes, um, but we definitely want to support our system. So thank you. And You're thank welcome. you again, Lakeisha. No problem. Thank you, Tara. Have a good one.